0: This is the Black and Blue Report, presented by
1: ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now, from Studio B, or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly.
2: Welcome, everybody. It's Monday here on the Black and Blue Report. Unfortunately, we start with heavy hearts today, as most of the nation is doing so. The tragic news coming out of Las Vegas, Nevada, overnight and uh, all those families and uh, our friends, of course, in the West and all of us nationally, uh, you know, are collectively together in our sadness here and, of course, our condolences as well on this Monday. Certainly not the way that any of us wanted to start off our week, and uh, here we are, so wanted to recognize that as we begin our first visit with you this week as well. We are coming to you today from Studio B at the Osher Sports Performance Center. I'm Sean Kelly. Daniel Salerson is... Here in studio with me, we've got two very good conversations with you today. Uh, One pertaining to the Saints, who are winners again this past weekend. And then one, of course, regarding the Pelicans, who begin their preseason uh, slate tomorrow night at home against the Chicago Bulls. First of four uh, before the regular season starts for the Pels. The only one, though, at home is tomorrow night. So Drew Holiday will uh, visit with us today. We caught up with him during that first week of training camp. And Matt Moscona makes his Black and Blue Report debut today. Matt is a very popular Sports Talk radio host, both in Baton Rouge and in New Orleans through ESPN Radio. Uh, I personally like his style a lot, and we're, uh, we're excited to have him aboard for the first time today. Matt will be our centerpiece conversation surrounding the Saints win uh, yesterday in London. They beat the Miami Dolphins. Shut them out. 20-0, as you know, at Wembley Stadium. That's a pretty good road trip. And we don't necessarily talk about road trips for the New Orleans Saints like we do the Pelicans. You know, the Pelicans will actually leave out on a road trip, be gone for an extended period of time, play multiple games. In the NFL, yes, you can have back-to-back road games, but in most cases, you come home and get ready for the next and then travel back out for that following week. Uh, In this sense here, you know, the Saints left uh, last weekend, not this most recent one, the weekend prior, obviously, for Charlotte took care of the Carolina Panthers, and then that road trip continued overseas to London. They spent the whole week, obviously, uh, in the U.K., and then wrapped things up yesterday with the win over the Dolphins and flew home last night. So, yes, it was a true road trip in the sense that we like to you know, talk about it here in our building. Uh, they went away, played two games, and won them both, and basically rebooted their season. The Saints defense, especially, well, uh, throughout the day, you know, really was fantastic, I think, holding the Miami Dolphins under 200 yards. Uh, total offense, uh, the big interception by Ken Crawley, stymied the first drive of a long, sustained drive for the Dolphins in the first. And I think that's where the game took off in the Saints' favor from there. Had, didn't have much scoring, did we, in the first half? But Will Letts' field goal to end the second quarter kind of set things up, and the Saints, who had the first possession of the third, uh, went down this field and scored a touchdown Go on to win 20 to nothing. They have yet to commit a turnover through the first four. Uh, Drew Brees has now seven touchdown passes. Alvin Kamara shined yesterday. Uh, Kamara, excuse me, I, I'm still with his pronunciation, he's told me six dozen times it's Kamara, 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 Kamara. Anyway, he had a big day yesterday. I don't do fantasy football, but I know he racked it up. So those of you that have Alvin Kamara on your fantasy team, uh, well done. But a lot of good things happened yesterday. Uh, and now you head into the bye week on the right note. This is really a much different feeling around these parts uh, than, say, just even two weeks ago. So, fantastic news there. Two and two are the Saints. Matt Muscona will give us his thoughts on not only yesterday's game, but how the Saints have uh, fared the first quarter of their season. And uh, we'll probably maybe even throw in a little LSU stuff. Oh, boy. <laughs> Matt, uh, Matt is, of course, there in Baton Rouge, so he'll probably have a thought or two about LSU. We'll talk to him about that. And as you mentioned, Drew Holiday and uh, his part in uh, what we hope is a revival for the Pelicans as well. Stay with us. We've got a lot to get to on this Monday with those two conversations.
0: There are plenty of good reasons to attend the Sanderson Farms Championship, about 150,000 good reasons. Batson Children's Hospital, part of Children's of Mississippi, averages 150,000 patient visits a year. And each year, proceeds from the championship support these patients by donating to Friends of Children's Hospital. Last year, the championship raised over $1 million for friends. So join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship, October 23rd through 29th, at the Country Club of Jackson. Good reason for a great time. 50 years ago a groovy new golf gig first teed off in Mississippi the tournament now known as the Sanderson Farms Championship to celebrate join us October 23rd through 29th at the Country Club of Jackson for first class golf waves of fun and 100% natural Sanderson Farms chicken all to raise money for friends of Children's Hospital don't miss this 50th anniversary celebration visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today
1: We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. All
2: right, welcome back on this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. You know, as far as sports talk radio goes, um, I really enjoy listening to it. I've hosted it before, but hosting it is just not really my cup of tea. Now, I will say this. We've reached an age in sports talk radio where everybody can get information. Everybody can. So, to me, it comes down to style. And so, I've really particularly like a certain style and I would say that Matt Moscona up there in Baton Rouge is is the style that I enjoy the most and so finally we've got him here as a guest in the Black and Blue Report you of course know him as the host of After Further Review ESPN Baton Rouge and those here in New Orleans can hear him on 100.3 FM simulcast on that ESPN radio affiliate and so with that Matt you and your style are most welcome we're very glad to have you
0: John, uh, very kind of you to say those nice words. I appreciate it. It's glad to, I'm glad to be with you.
2: So, what a weekend, huh? Uh, good and bad on the football front. And I guess I'm referring to the Saints and the Tigers. Yeah. But let's start with the ba- black and gold here. Matt, your take on what's happened now as we head into the bye week, looking at the Saints at 2-2. Two and two.
0: I optimistically had hoped they could be 2-2 two and two going into the bye. Um, admittedly, after the first two weeks, I didn't think it was possible just because of how poorly the defense had played. The, the game that surprised me actually—that I, I thought might be flipped—I thought they had a really good chance to win at Minnesota, and I didn't think they'd win at Carolina. So those two being flipped were, were a, um, a surprise. But I, I don't know how anybody can look at this team the last two weeks and not be impressed the way they have played defensively. If you know, Sean, if this team—and I, I, this has sort of been my, my mantra with this team all along—if they could be just defensively a field goal better than they were a season ago. They could be what Oakland and green Bay were a year ago, statistically. And you know, the margin in the NFL is so thin, but statistically, if you looked at the saints and said, man, if, if the, the improvements at linebacker, if drafting Marshawn Lattimore, if collectively all of that, you're having rankings for a full season, hoping to get some production from Okafor and Kikaha if all of that could make them on average a field goal better at the end of the season, then, then they're probably 10 and six in a playoff team. And, and that was my hope for the team. That was my pick for them. And I, I can't admit, I, I I can't in good faith tell you I thought that they were going to shut out Miami or have such an emphatic win in Carolina, but um, I'm happy to see that the defense is trending in the right direction because it's, it's a lot more fun when they're winning, man, when, when both the Saints and the Tigers are winning. It's a lot more fun in South
2: Louisiana. I agree. I agree. The whole mood is different. Everything is, is, is much more pleasant. And, and you're getting that improvement at least early on here at, what, 19.5 now points per game scoring defense is almost a 12-point improvement. That, that, he, but, Matt, here's, what's, here's what I, I'm having so much trouble getting my arms around, and maybe this is why it's fun to do what we do. That Saints defense tickles you during the preseason – they show us a quite, a, a quite different feel and, and an improvement, and then it goes right into a face plant the first two weeks, and now here, these last two weeks, it's, it's back up again. So, so how does that happen?
0: I, honestly, Sean, I, I, I kind of think that's just the way of the NFL, where it's so hard to be consistent But the best teams that sustain success are the ones that find their consistency inside, in spite of personnel turnover. You know, I mean, let's let's not forget that you you Dennis Allen went into the, into this season not knowing what he had in spots. Obviously, they, they knew they wouldn't have Nick Fairley, but they weren't sure what they'd get from a guy like David Onyemata or a full season with Sheldon Rankins. You felt like you were going to be better at linebacker, but truthfully, until you ran AJ Klein and Alex Anzalone out there or Manti Teo for a full 60 minutes, you didn't know what you had. You're going to be starting a rookie at cornerback in Marshawn Lattimore, I, so I, I think some of that maybe you could explain away as growing pains. But if that's the case, Sean, like if if they've sort of hit that growth curve and it took only two weeks, then that that's mighty impressive. Now, I again, I, I figured there'd be there'd be some struggles, and I certainly don't expect the Saints to finish the season allowing just on average 19 and a half a game. But at the same time, man. I think they're a lot better defensively than they showed the first two weeks. They're probably not as good as they've shown the last two weeks. But if they can just find that consistency throughout the season, I think that's going to be the key, man. And I think it's, been, it's really been well documented. The schedule lightens up in the second half. And if they can find themselves in striking distance when they hit the halfway point, they've got a great chance to make a stretch run and, man, actually be playing some meaningful football in November, December.
2: Man, to AFR with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Matt, flip the other side of the football there. Seven touchdown passes for Drew Brees, no turnovers. No turnovers at all for the entire team through the first four games. I know it's only the third team to do it, but, man, this is, to me, it's quite a big deal, and maybe it's not being talked about enough. You have not given extra possessions here in the first month of the season.
0: One of the remarkable things about that, which I think is telling, is – in part, some of that is chance. I mean, sometimes a ball can bounce left instead of right. It goes your way. But specifically with the interceptions, it had gotten to the point where I think Drew Brees felt like he had to make superhuman plays and sometimes would force balls. And that's maybe why he got himself into bad situations. He threw 15 picks a year ago, I think as most people know. But the other part of that too, especially the last two weeks, is when you're playing with a lead, Instead of playing catch-up, you're taking the air out of the ball. So you're playing more ball control, and you're not putting your quarterback or your offense in situations where they have to be a little more aggressive. So, I mean, Sean, it's Captain Obvious here, but if you're playing with a lead, your style of play is going to be a little different than if you're playing from behind and having to be aggressive, and you're not going to put your offense in as bad a situation. So I I guess my expert analysis, Sean, is play with a lead. That's better.
2: I, I, and, and you say Captain Obvious. I think there's still something to that. I think that you have to know how to do it as well. You know, I've seen teams get a lead and then and then flat give it away so many times. This unit, Sean Payton, Drew Brees, whomever, they seem to know how to play out in the front, even by the slimmest of margins. So I don't think that you're being flip about it at all, man. I think you're on to something there.
0: The The other thing, you know, at the end of the game yesterday in London, when Drew Brees being interviewed on the field by Pam Oliver he talked about the things that that made for winning football you know possessing the ball converting on third down not turning the ball over getting points when you're in the red area and and all of those things sound like generic football talk but those are the things that hadn't gone the Saints way the last 3 years mm-hmm. and I, and just to be perfectly clear and i I don't know if the rest of the season goes the way the last 2 weeks had I mean, it's almost impossible to play 16 games over 17 weeks and not face adversity. But to your point, one of the things that made the '09 9 team so special was their ability to close. And They had a guy on that team like Mike Bell who could come in the game late and they could establish the line of scrimmage with really powerful interior linemen and just put teams away by converting third downs. I think this team has a little bit of that element. I mean, I think that was one of the really appealing things about bringing Larry Warford in and moving a big physical guy like Andrews Pete into guard and you're flanking Max Unger to know then this is a team that that can prevent the pass rush from coming up the gut and can also be physical and and ice a game if you need to and you saw that yesterday and you saw it in Carolina quite honestly as well and I, I think there are shades of of that 09 team I'm not obviously comparing the two but the you know, the, if you're looking at the blueprint or the mold in which that team was built that they've tried to replicate since then, this, you've kind of seen it the last two weeks, and that's encouraging.
2: Yeah, no, it really is. One more thing about the Saints here, Matt, uh, as we uh, get ready to, to wrap up. Um, in, in an effort to get out over our skis maybe further than we should, uh, give me a couple, whether it's Adrian Peterson, uh, the offensive line, uh, Willie Sneed, something along those lines. Give me an idea of what storylines you think will be prominent coming out of the bye week and heading for that Detroit game?
0: Well, I guess it depends from what perspective. I think nationally people are under are, are curious what's going on with Adrian Peterson, but I think anyone who follows the Saints understand that it's just a rarity that Sean Payton's going to feature a back. I mean, you'd have to really go back to year one with Deuce McAllister where you see a, a one back who's had that much of a workload. Um, I, I think if you're a, a Saints fan, what you're looking at – and, and maybe maybe this is just a testimony to Drew Brees and how just brilliant his career has been. But no matter the turnover on offense, I don't think anyone ever worries about the offense. Like, it just as long as Drew is there, it's going to churn and churn and do what it does and score points. The question is going to be defensively. So I think the last two weeks going to Carolina and dominating that team the way you did in a road division game and then shutting out Miami, I think nationally people are going to start to look at this team and say, okay, is did Dennis Allen find the special sauce for this defense finally? Like are are because if the Saints can be a respectable defense, then you're talking about a playoff team. Not not a team that might be in the mix. Like you're talking about a playoff team. If if they are a if they're a top half of the NFL defense. So I think that's going to be what people want to see coming out of the bye because you're going to face obviously two great quarterbacks with Stafford and Rodgers back to back. So, you gave up 341 pass yards to Matt Stafford in your building last year. You take the bye, you take an extra week to prepare. Let's see if this defense a week healthier as well might be able to do uh, might be able to continue this trend of the past couple of weeks where they they've shut down two pretty good well I'd say two pretty good offenses, two pretty good quarterbacks who in their own right have been good at times in their career.
2: Mm-hmm. No, well said, well said. Matt, I can't help myself. I know I'm keeping you longer than I promised, but because I think that your radio show is going to be an absolute free-for-all this week, um, a thought or two, if you don't mind, on how you're going to try and frame up this LSU situation after their loss to Troy this past week?
0: Um, <laughs> it's when, when you lose a game the caliber of which you haven't lost in 17 years, you'd have to go back to the UAB loss in 2000, you, you find the program at a very definitive crossroads. Because Nick Saban lost that game to UAB in 2000, and, and that was a, a turning point. A week later, they beat a, they upset a, a ranked Tennessee team. Everybody stormed the field, and the rest, you know, as we know, was, that was sort of a launching point for the program. I don't know if Ed Ogeron can get his team's attention with that loss. Uh, There's, you know, Sean, there's there's a lot of people that look at this LSU team and say they're they're young, they're not as talented. Look, man, they started 14 juniors and seniors against Troy. And maybe they're not talented enough to beat Alabama or compete for the playoff, but you sure as heck are more talented than Troy. You should be good enough every day at LSU to beat a three-touchdown underdog in your building. You should never lose by 30 to Mississippi State, the worst loss in the history of the oldest rivalry that LSU plays. LSU has some major issues, and it starts with the head coach. I, I was very opposed, vote very outwardly opposed to, to hiring Ed Ogeron. I thought it was a gigantic mistake when they made the hire. You're five games in, and there's a lot of, of, of skeptics that are starting to think the same thing. This this is Ed Ogeron's moment, is this week, because if you go to Gainesville after the embarrassment of the last two weeks, last three weeks, if you go to Gainesville and you lay down, then I don't know that you recover this year. I mean, you're, you're probably not reaching bowl eligibility. So, and for a program like LSU, that should never happen. So this program, I think, in this week is really at a crossroads in the Ed Ogeron era and as a whole. I mean, they've... They've got to pick themselves up off the mat and see if they can go actually make a game of it in Gainesville. Wow. There's
2: a lot of money involved, too, in not there, Matt? I mean, let's, let's think about that just for a moment. You're,
0: you're talking about, well, for context, Sean, you're paying Les Miles $9 million over six seasons. Ed Ogeron's buyout, for some reason, inexplicably, he got a fully guaranteed deal. So if they were to fire him after this season, they would owe him $12 million. Mm-hmm. So you would be paying... 21 million if you, like, if you fired Ed Ogeron after this year you'd be paying less miles than Ed Ogeron 21 million dollars not to coach the team and then you'd have to go get a new coach which you'd probably be paying upwards of five million dollars for and a new staff it that doesn't seem like a realistic option uh, in in year one so what Ed Ogeron and with Joe Oliva and everybody affiliated with, with LSU has to hope is that the guy they hired the guy they entrusted can figure it out. Uh, it, it, it doesn't look like he knows how to fix it right now. Um, and he's got one week to try to do it because if you lose this game at Florida, then you're home against Auburn. You're on the road against Ole Miss. And man, if he loses on the road to a terrible Ole Miss team, uh, a place where he used to coach, um, I, I don't know that, that they win a game the rest of the way. So, this is, this, is, this is key. This, this week is just gigantic Ed Osher on it. And the flip side of it, Sean, too, is if you go find a way to beat Florida, even if the record at the end of the season isn't sterling, which obviously it won't be now, what that would at least signal to your fan base, to your administrators, is, okay, we've had struggles this year, but we still know how to win those games on the road against the elite teams in our conference. There has to be at least one of those this year. And, and in a week SEC, I think your only opportunities are Florida, Auburn, and Alabama. And I, I don't think they're winning at Alabama, so it's got to be one of these next two weeks.
2: And on that note, <laughs> I will remind my friends here that Matt Moscona will be holding court from 3 to 6 these <laughs> uh, weekday afternoons after further review in Baton Rouge. And, uh, and New Orleans on the various ESPN radio affiliates. Matt, thanks as always, uh, and uh, we will be uh, tuning in, and I appreciate your thoughts here on this Monday. Well said and well done as I expected it would be. Uh, and, uh, again, your Twitter feed is, is at Matt Moscona, if I'm not mistaken, correct?
0: It's, it's at Matt Moscona. There's a ton of vowels in there, and people very seldom spell the last name right, but if you around with it, you'll find All
2: right, cool. I can, I can spell it out for our friends before we leave on this show today. Matt Muscona, everybody, and uh, Drew Holiday is yours right after this. In 1907, Dixie beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top-quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us, the neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe, original and reinvented, just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more. And always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hand. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team at the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free, now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out Pelicans.com today.
1: This is Pelicans guard Drew Holiday, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report.
2: Drew Holiday might be in the best shape that we've seen him yet as a Pelican. Certainly mentally, he has a lighter load as we begin a new season, and he is a big part of what the Pelicans hope to do here in the 2017-18 campaign. Drew is going to slide over for the most part and play at the kind of the off-guard position, the shooting guard position, the two, whatever you want to call it. He'll still run point at times, but now he'll play alongside Rajan Rondo. And Rajan Rondo had some pretty interesting things to say about Drew Holiday last week at practice. Number one, he said, I think Drew Holiday is going to get a lot of layups this year. And the reason is, uh, Rondo believes that Drew Holiday is one of the best cutters he's played with. That's saying a lot. Rondo has stacked up a few good teammates over the years. Those two already have early chemistry, and then, of course, there's that chemistry with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, too. No doubt about it. There's a, there's a nice rhythm amongst the four, and they'll also have to work in another wing player that seems to be, at this moment, to be determined. Dante Cunningham is certainly a candidate. So is Darius Miller. And Tony Allen, obviously, will be in the mix as well. But as far as an anchoring four right now for the Pelicans... It's got to be Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, Rajon Rondo, and Drew Holiday. Drew, for you, um, is the start of this training camp uh, obviously different in the last couple? <laughs> and, and and with that being said, have you felt re-energized by kind of having maybe a cleaner start to the new season?
1: Yes, I do feel uh, ready for, for the season and for this training camp. Where last year I skipped training camp, the year before that, I didn't really participate as much as I would have liked to, but I'm really excited about training camp and the season starting.
2: These last couple of years, I mean, the the growth you've had to have personally, will that benefit you and your game going forward, you think?
1: I think so. I think any type of adversity that you go through will help you grow as a person and help you grow in any field that you do. So, um, obviously being hurt and last year, the circumstances where I had to miss all the training camp, uh again man I'm I'm juiced.
2: I'm just now getting around all of you guys and it already feels different and I'm just talking about just being around you guys as a group collectively. Have you sensed that here in the last few weeks?
1: Yeah because we've all been here. Um, we've all been here wanting to get better, wanting to work, uh, wanting to get closer to each other as fast as possible and to be able to mesh. Uh, we've had a couple seasons where we didn't start off the way we wanted to but um, we want to go on this thing smooth and, and get it kicking off, so
2: the free agency process did you like it in going through it this past summer?
1: you know it's not really for me uh obviously there's a point where you feel like like i'm out of like i'm at, i'm kind of out of a job like it might be a day or so, but it's i don't it's just like yeah, you don't know what's gonna happen uh you don't know what's gonna happen to the market uh then there's a point where like after you commit to whatever you're gonna do and then like, you sign a couple of days later. Like, you don't actually sign on that day. And it's like, all right, man, I just want to get there and sign already. Like, like anything that happen from me driving to my house, driving to the practice facility and signing. But um, I'd rather just be locked in. If you can lock me in for 10 years, I'd be I'd be happy with that.
2: We'll take 10. That's for sure. We'll start with what we got. But we'll take 10 if it, if it gets there. Drew, I've known you long enough now to, to know that on the floor, you're very versatile, and I've seen you play – multiple spots but here a lot of the conversation going in is that drew holidays in a new position i'm not necessarily buying that but there is i guess some aspect to that playing maybe off the ball
1: more this year yeah but i wouldn't say it's new um i grew up as a basketball player yeah i grew up as a basketball player uh i mean i remember growing up like me working on post moves and working on like big man moves and doing all that where especially back in the day like growing up with my dad like seeing people do hook shot and everything like that. So uh or big man footwork uh compared to guards footwork. So playing off the ball, I've been doing it my whole life. Uh I, I feel like I can play with anybody. So uh having Rondo on our team is gonna be fun. And we've already sh- I mean just playing with him for the last two, three weeks has been fun.
2: What's it like playing
1: with him? Can you help me understand the 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 uniqueness of that? Yeah, he makes he makes it easy for you. He's uh by the way, if Doe's not a coach at the like when he's when he's done playing, whatever he chooses to to stop playing, it, I'd be very surprised if he's not a coach. That's how that's how well he knows the game, and uh, he obviously knows his game. He knows his 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 uh, teammates' game, and then he knows the opponents' plays probably better than they know their play. So, um, yeah, just want to say that. Like if he's if he's not Coach Doe at the end of the day, then that's that's going to be weird. But uh, he makes it easy, man. he he. Is a leader, he he kind of directs you on where to go. Or if not, he reads you, and he reads you really well with his passes. There's been a couple times where I'm where I'm like, man, like, I remember I used to tell people, like, stay ready all the time. And now I have to go to him and be like, all right, well, like, I have to stay ready because there's been a couple passes. And it's like, where did that pass come from? Oh, yeah. And it's been, again, it's been fun. And, uh, again, he just makes the game easier for you.
2: Uh, last thing is this think about this as a leader of this group what is most urgent for you and your teammates here in the coming weeks what what are some things that need to be taken care of even before the season
1: starts one I think to get on the same page which to me means uh with roles um obviously we have some some pretty good guys on our team and uh to be able to mesh and and play well together and know where shots are coming from in the offense, uh, know where you're going to be getting your shots, uh, as well as defense being able to kind of just become a family and, and mesh and communicate. Uh, those are the biggest things to me because once you communicate and you're on the floor, um, I, that trumps everything. So,
2: Great to see you. I'm so glad you're here and ready to go. Team, me, team, me, team. Yep. All right, busy, busy week for the Pelicans now, while the Saints are on their bye week, well-deserved and much-needed rest coming for the black and gold, it's full throttle here for the Pels as they, again, play their first preseason game tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center. Tickets are available. Pelicans and Bulls will tip it off at 7. We'll have a broadcast for you on uh, the Pelicans radio network starting at 6.30. Daniel Sandler, So we will have Pelicans warm up, tip off again just after 7. We'll have John DeShazer in uh, the broadcast booth with us tomorrow night as well and then after practice on Wednesday, Thursday's a travel day, and then a two-game trip for the Pelicans that will see action against the Thunder and their new look on Friday night, and then back at it with the Bulls, but in Chicago on Sunday. It really speeds up now. Now that the basically the training camp portion is done as of today's practice, uh, you get into the preseason schedule, Alvin Gentry will begin to get his guys into more of a regular season routine, and because there's only four preseason games, I think we're going to see more play in the preseason from the regulars than we've seen in the past. Now, obviously, there'll be some opportunities for the guys that are on the fringes of the roster, but for the most part, you have four games to get you and, uh, and the coaching staff and, and your regulars all on the same page here before the regular season starts uh, about mid-month. The 17th is when the season gets going. I think the Pelicans open on the 18th at Memphis. All right, so there you have it. That's our Monday black and blue report again. Hearts heavy today. All our thoughts and prayers directed to toward those, obviously, uh, in Las Vegas. And let's not forget, in all this, that there are still so many people suffering in Texas and Florida, Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands and, and across that entire basin. So there's a lot to think about as we begin a new week. But as far as the Saints and Pelicans go, we've got you covered and we'll be back with you for a black and blue report on Wednesday, which will feature Sean Fazan from Fox 8. And we'll also have post game. Uh, reaction if you will uh, from the pelicans first preseason game again tomorrow night that'll do it thanks again to matt moscona for joining us and also for Drew holiday as well take care everybody i'm sean kelly we'll see you next time